Dear friends, grace and peace to you from God our Father, from our crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ, who by his Spirit you now receive the good news of salvation, the hope of eternal life, and the promise of forgiveness of all your sin. Amen. It's often said, and you've heard it before, that the best defense is a good offense. And while that's usually applied to sports or to military strategy, it's also a good short summary of the letter to the Ephesians. For in Christ Jesus, God is mounting an offensive against the sinful world filled with sinners aligned, united against God in order to claim them as his own, to make them his very own people by ruling in their hearts with his mercy and bringing them freedom from captivity to sin and death by joining them, that is, joining you to his death and resurrection. He has gone on the offensive, throwing caution to the wind, risking everything, having no other contingency plan, no plan B at all, nothing else to fall back on. For God, it's everything in Christ or nothing at all. That's why Ephesians 4 is so adamant that there are no longer two people, there are no longer many, but only one. One thing where there used to be warring factions all around and groups of similar people playing defense to hold their position against all comers. Every side digging in down to the trenches, holding the barriers, looking over the walls, and defining themselves according to those very lines of division. But now in Christ, the dividing walls have been destroyed along with the walls that we erect to keep our inner self, our very hearts, safe and protected, protected especially from God's attack. So that now, where there used to be many, there is but one. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. God has given us a unity in the Spirit by making all things new in Christ. There really was no way for the world to truly harm God, you know. He had the greatest moat and the greatest fortress that could be imagined. God could have stayed safely out of all the troubles of the world, looking down from heaven and let the powers of the world rage and struggle against one another, leaving sinful hearts to sort out their own problems, looking down from on high, letting human nature take its course, watching the survival of the fittest go on, waiting for the strongest and the smartest and the most powerful and the best to be left over for him to have. Defense would have been the safe route. The kingdom of God could be nothing but peace and bliss, just in the presence of God and no one else, without any fear of the human heart, human sin, 
entering in to mess it all up. But instead, Jesus Christ came into the world, descending down to us, reversing all the expectations and bringing heaven to earth. And it's peace to troubled souls. That is to say, the one who is above all and through all and in all made the first move. While the entire world was fine playing their Cold War strategy and watching and spying on the enemy's every move, caught in a never-ending reactive position, sitting back and playing defense, keeping everything at arm's length, keeping us ourselves, and believing that God wouldn't come this close or risk that much. That's when Christ came on the attack. Now, it's a strange attack, I'll grant, for he didn't storm the world with armies and angels, sending fire down upon the unrighteous and destroying everything in his path, and ascending to the king's throne with worldly power. He came without a defense, but simply with his offensive word of forgiveness, grace, and truth, unveiling all the world's deceit and lie, pointing out that the end that we make for ourselves is death. But that's why it's so unbelievable, so shocking, and therefore frightening to us. Because this is a power that the world simply can't understand, never expected, and will never abide. A few weeks ago, the youth of First Lutheran Church, along with some other congregations, came together for what's called a lock-in. And I think that name is used to give parents some comfort that this gang of 100 teenagers isn't going to leave and storm the, uh, storm the outside area and, and um, cause all sorts of ruckus throughout the city. Instead, they'll be locked in, kept safe, safe from all that is out there, but also keeping the world safe from them. I find it interesting that youth don't even seem to notice that they are agreeing to be locked up for the night. Maybe they figure a night of captivity at Thunder Road is better than any of the freedom they would have at home anyway. And so they're willing participants in being captive for the night. But to be locked in is also how we play defense. By putting up walls, making it really difficult to get in locking every window and door, sometimes with the deadbolt. And yet, Jesus' attack doesn't respect the boundaries that we set, the rules of engagement that we would keep. He keeps coming after sinners, chasing them down, finding them behind even locked doors, and speaking his word of forgiveness to fearful hearts whenever, wherever, and however he can find them. Until finally there is nowhere to turn, for Christ is everywhere. He is all in all. He's on the offensive, and the worst part of it is he's taking prisoners. He isn't, isn't it interesting how Paul the apostle, Paul the evangelist, Paul the teacher and preacher 
sent out to equip the saints, claims not any of these titles, but says, I, a prisoner in the Lord. He's bound now to Christ. No longer to his schemes, no longer to his hopes, no longer to his honor, but now a prisoner in Christ. Yes, God made the first move in Jesus. He went on the attack, and we had to defend ourselves, right? I mean, who could blame us for the cross? He was threatening us. Our lives were in danger. Our existence was going to be at his whim. But isn't that our captivity? Isn't that what finally binds us? That we would have to excuse our sin by finding another to blame? Always looking around, seeing who else might take my sin? But look, Christ has descended down to us, has taken captivity itself, a captive. There is now no prison that can keep you safe from him. There is, not no, there is no sin nor death itself that are any protection from Christ's forgiveness to you. So watch out. He's coming for you. Disregarding your sin altogether to make you his own. Speaking so that his voice and his word of promise is everything. Is all in all. Even his body and blood given for you. We are therefore no longer tossed about by the trickery or lies of the world. He has broken through our last defensive schemes and in its place has given us the peace the world cannot give. The peace of knowing that in Christ Jesus God has captured you with his grace and mercy and forgiveness. That is quite an offense. Amen.